And now, Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN Radio. Where the about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV, pop the trunk. Make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. That stupid out pop the trunk. <laughs> Give me your boom, boom. He is Jalen Anthony. Hill. What up, though? I'm David Jacoby. And on the pool check-in. Center stage on. The mic! And we're putting it on wax. It's the new stuff. With Jalen and Jacoby. What are we doing? We're going to be live! What? They want. Still preempted from the Australian Open. Not on television this week, but that doesn't mean we're not in the studio. Always giving you a dope pod to step to. Coming in on our day off, which just means no commercials, no graphics. We don't have to prepare as much. We get to be the loose Jalen and Jacoby weekly podcast that we were so many years ago. We got some too hot for TV. We got some too hot for TV topics later. But especially right now, of course, we're going to get to the AFC Championship game. Of course, we're going to get to the NFC Championship game. But now that we're a couple days removed from that, there's been some things that have happened in between. Most notably, last night, Clay Thompson, 10 straight threes, 44 points in less than 26 minutes. Now, now, Jalen, I want to say something about the anniversary of the 81-point game, and I want to relate it to Klay Thompson's performance from last night. People sleep. He needed to score 81 points to beat y'all. Like, they were down 18 in the second half. That's where you get an 81-point performance from, from a competitor that wants to win. With these Klay Thompson performances and some of the Steph Curry performances and, to a certain degree, the KD performances, they don't play in the fourth quarter. Like, Clay Thompson, they basically said, you're going to stay in the game until you miss a three. And then he missed a three. He came out at the end of the third quarter and never touched the floor again. Like, it's almost like we have to grade all these on a curve from the Warriors. What's been fascinating about a lot of these amazing scoring outbursts, and you can't talk about that topic without mentioning some of the all-time great people to ever get buckets in the game, like Wilt Chamberlain, who has his own record book, Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, like guys that just got 30 for no reason, George Gervin. And so what ends up happening is you can appreciate Kobe going for 81 against a Raptors team that was lottery bound, but you sleep on the fact that he had 65 that same year in three quarters versus the Mavs that went to the finals. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So that gets to what you were just saying. Imagine if he would have played the fourth quarter of that game. And so many players nowadays, and I remember this stat because I was fortunate enough to be a part of it for a really short period. There was a time mid-2000s, I had a game against the Knicks where I scored 30 in less than 30 minutes. And I looked down at the game notes the next time we played, and the only other two people that had done that was Arvita Sabonis and Ben Gordon. I love Arvita Sabonis so much. I didn't realize that. Ben Gordon was a, was a crazy scorer for two seasons. I'm like, nobody yeah. else in the history of the game has scored 30 in under 30 I don't minutes? I need to look. I bet James Harden's done it this season like six times. Now you graduate yeah. 
to how the three-point era yeah. has taken over. The usage of great players is at, at an all-time high. And you're now having more possessions because the game is faster. Ace. So Dame Lillard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, these guys are like getting triple doubles in less than 30 minutes. These guys are scoring 40. CJ McCollum, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Harden. Steph Curry, putting up huge numbers in less than 30 minutes. It just shows the level of talent and skill these players possess. I mean, they, they I don't want to get too advanced statty, but they do do per 100 possessions for a reason because you approximately you get a little bit over than that in a regular game. They do do per 36 minutes for a reason because that's kind of the average amount of minutes that his starter uh, plays. Superstars play a little bit more. He scored 44 points in 26 minutes. 26 minutes. 26 minutes of basketball. And he only missed one three. And I promise you, if he made that three, which was a bad shot, he was just a heat check. He's like, yo, it was like, it was like his fifth heat check of the game. If he makes that shot, he stays in the game too. Yep. You can't take him out 11 for 11. Nope. And how about this for Clay in particular? When you talk about great shooters, his name comes up. But for some reason, when we talk about scores, his name doesn't come up. Here's why. And defenders. Because you don't see him create. No. And what ends up happening is you could take for granted the high scoring games that he's been able to put up because you underestimate the fact that he wasn't taking a lot of dribbles. Mm-hmm. He had 60 points in a game where he took like 19 dribbles. He's had 40 points in a game where he took like four dribbles. Like yesterday, he only took a few dribbles as well to get his points. And so for him to be a guy that has three games, three of them, where he scored 40 and hasn't played 30 minutes, he's the only person in the history of the league to do that. And it also is a team effort. Like you heard in the post games that all, you know, Durant and, and Curry, they're talking about feeding him. And you watch the highlights, they're setting double screens for him. If he runs off of one screen, he's not there. He runs to the other side. Like they get him those shots. And that tells you something about where the Warriors are at because it's not, it's, it is an individual performance, but it's a team effort to bring it out of him, especially from an offensive strategic standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And. The great thing about the Golden State Warriors is they embody positionless basketball and, and the Rock has energy. And once a guy makes a couple, yeah, you have a good shot, but he's on fire. That's a great shot. And that level of sacrifice is what puts them in contention along with their talent to obviously be a new era NBA version of a dynasty. Oh, they're a dynasty. I mean, two two championships in four years. I believe they're going to have three championships in five years. Like, that's a dynasty. They already have three. Oh, they three. have three. They have three in four years. And now they're about to have four in five years. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the Cavs earned their championship, but it was a little fluky. There was, you know, some 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 calls and some things bounced their way to, to help them get there. And you hear LeBron talk about how winning, beating this team makes him the greatest of all time. You know, that's just a compliment to the to the Warriors right there. Clay Thompson, free agent at the end of this year. Is there any chance he plays somewhere else besides Golden State? We can't say everything we just said and think it will be intelligent in any way, shape, or form for him to leave that team. I would say of all the core there, I, I mean, I could see Steph Curry leaving that team before anybody because 
Clay Thompson can't get his own buckets the way that the other players on that team can. No. And no. namely Curry and Durant. Like Curry and Durant, you can put them on any roster in the NBA. Any roster in the NBA, they're, you know, they're, I don't think that their numbers change that much. I think Clay and Draymond, you put them on other teams, you'll, you'll notice there'll be a drop off in their production. That's my theory. If he was to leave, it will be probably because people are saying what you're saying to prove something. Well, you gotta prove. But they've had so much success, there's nothing team to game. prove. It's a team game. There's That's nothing what, to prove. If I'm, if, if KD, Ego. if KD called my phone and said, what should I do? I would say, KD, stay with the Warriors. I was like, you don't, you don't leave a dynastic championship core. Like, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, you do not leave a dynastic championship team. Why you say KD's leaving? I feel like KD's going to leave number one to get top dollar. I know the Warriors can give him a five-year deal versus a new team giving him a four-year deal, but I don't think he would get top dollar staying with the Warriors. That's one. Clearly, he deserves it. You don't think the Warriors are offering him a max contract? No. Clearly, he deserves it. But you have to understand, he's not the only person is trying to get top dollars from that team. He's already taking a discount. Which makes it tricky based on the dynamics of a squad where guys like Draymond Green, they don't have $200 million shoe deal. No. They're not making more money off the floor than they are on the floor like KD and Steph. That's where the sacrifice comes in. The other reason why I feel like KD is going to leave is... Everybody knew when he joined the 73-win team, it was just really to shut everybody up about the fact that he was a scoring champion and yeah. MVP yeah, yeah. without winning a chip. Now it's, y'all can't hold that against me anymore. Now I can enjoy playing the game I love where I choose to play and not have to worry about the championship pressure every single season if I'm not able to achieve it. Here's a, just a media guy taking it too far question. Do you think he's taking a look at the Nets with the Nets? Because ever since, oh, the Knicks. But like, if you look at the Nets, they're playing well. They've got young players. They've got, they've got space to pay them. And here's the other thing that I think he wants to look in the locker room and unquestionably be the best player. He didn't really Never get that. Had in, that. He didn't really get that in OKC. He was the best player, but wasn't unquestionably dominant. This is the team that I built. Correct. Didn't get that in Golden State for obvious reasons. His next destination, he'll make sure that that happens. I think the Nets on paper are clearly more attractive than the Knicks for obvious talented reasons. Spencer is balling. Dinwiddie. I remember I came on this program and people was trying to clown him because he said he was unguardable. I was like, oh, well, hit the brakes now. Uh, that's game's uh, he, fun to watch. He, he, he get buckets. Okay, you lose Karis LeVert, who is playing terrific. Hopefully he comes back this year. Now insert D'Angelo Russell, who's taking his turn putting up big numbers, knocking down threes. Jared Allen. Allen down low. They got players. Bogdanovich. They got players. Harris. So, like, I appreciate what Kiwi, my guy, Sean Marks has done. Shout out. Atkinson, their head coach. For the talent development of all of these young players. And they have two slots where they can add maximum salary players. I'm going to throw a name out there of somebody I think will be attracted by coming to play with the Nets. Jimmy Butler. Huh. Yep. Huh. 
Huh. He, like KD, also wants to be in a locker room, in my opinion, and look left and look right and say, we have a great team, but I'm the best player. Yep. There'd be no question if he went to the He next. didn't really get it in Chicago because Rose was MVP. Nope. And then by the time he got it, he got traded to Minnesota. We know about you know, the dynamics yep. of those relationships. So he's a player that comes to mind. Hmm. I could see that happening because I feel like Jimmy Butler is going to be one of like the everyone's talking about Kawhi, everyone's talking about KD, everyone's talking about Clay, and it is there's, it's like musical chairs. There's only so many spots, and I feel like after you've made your pitch to KD, you put together your little PowerPoint presentation, and he decided to stay with the Warriors or whatever. You have to start looking at other players, and I could see some teams that missed out on KD looking at Jimmy Butler really hard because I don't think he's going to stay in Philly. Nope. I don't either. And shout to Elton Brand for putting that big three together. Yeah, it was worth it. It's worth it. Putting them in Brand. position to win the East because they still have that opportunity. It's still in front of them. I think when you give mm-hmm. up a level of depth, like they had to give up two players to get one, you're going to suffer. But I like the way Shamet has been making threes. McConnell's giving Especially them quality the last minutes. couple games. Landry Shamet's he's making a name for himself. Obviously, J.J. Reddick can make shots. So I think in a playoff dynamic, when they, along with the Golden State Warriors, will be the only team with three All-Stars, are functioning will function just as well, if not better, in that environment. I used to be a normal person. Brushing my teeth just like everybody else with a regular toothbrush from the, from the, just from the you know, from Dwayne Reed or whatever. Just a regular toothbrush. It didn't even move. It was a stagnant toothbrush. And then I made the switch to electric toothbrushes. Change the game. Change the game. If you're not, you, you brush your teeth twice a day. And with, with the electric toothbrush, you enjoy it. And that's, I did that. I made that switch like six years ago. Now I made the switch to the most premium toothbrushing experience on the market, Quip. Quip is perfect. I love the way the clip Quip works. I look forward to brushing my teeth. Every single morning, every single night. If I had Quip at work, I would do the. I'd be the guy. You know, the guy in the corporate bathroom that brushes his teeth in the middle of the day. That would be me. I gotta get a Quip for work. Here's the thing: they have sensitive sonic vibrations. They have a built-in two-minute timer, a multi-use cover. The brush heads are automatically delivered because I don't switch out the, the brush heads enough on my Quip. So what happens is they just they just send them to you. They're automatically delivered to you, so they come on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars. It's perfect. 75% of people, they did a study, 75% of people are using old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective. Quip is the first, one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals that have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Here's what you do. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Jalen, J-A-L-E-N, getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Jalen, you will not regret it. You get $25 gets you started with Quip. Your first refill pack is free. You will look forward to brushing your teeth. This will change your experience. It's something that you do every single day that you could you could level up. Level up your everyday experience with Quip. Go to getquip.com slash Jalen. You mentioned the All-Star game. You have an All-Star vote. You had to hand in your All-Star vote last night. I wish you talked to me first because you definitely made some mistakes. I did. You definitely made some mistakes. How you figure? I'm looking at your rosters right here. You know, I saw you on Get Up. I saw you talking about, you know, who you wanted, um, you know, who the starters were. But you got to put in all the names. Correct. You got to put and, in all the names. And usually Your what starters happens. Are fine. The starters ain't hard to find. I know. But you know what happens with these all-star ballots and water cooler conversations? Everybody talks about 
who should be on the team, but they never take someone off the team. Oh, I got you. Okay. I got so, you. So don't be that guy. And I, I want to make sure. You. Everybody always says, well, such and such should be on the team. Such and such should be on the all-star team. But you never take a player off. So feel free to debate my all-star ballot. Because there are a lot of people that's going to be talking in the microphones about who should make the all-star. But there's a reason why I get an actual vote that counts. So you tell me they, where I went wrong. The uh, Commissioner Adam Silver actually texted me. And he was like, I gave Jalen a vote because I know that he consults with you. That's what he said. <laughs> and I was like, Adam, I got you. I understand he's a bigger name. I understand. But you didn't consult Facts. with me this year. You got starting. You got Kyrie, Kemba, Kawhi, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. Maybe Bradley Beal instead of Kemba. But, like, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's not even something we can really argue about. No. Maybe Bradley Beal over Kemba. But Kemba's, the beginning of Kemba's season was such that it would be hard to put Bradley Beal in front. And also, Kemba's carrying a better, a worse team. Yeah. So let's talk about that. There will be people that say, why do you have Kemba instead of Bradley Beal? Yeah. Here's why. You got to also factor in the Wizards were having such a disappointing season with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal was contributing to that as well. Mm-hmm. His productivity clearly elevated and the team played slightly better. It had to elevate, though. When you lose Wall. As of late. Which means, for me, he deserves to be an all-star because I have him as a reserve. But for Kimba being the best player on Charlotte all year, they have a better record than the Wizards. Your reserves? Oladipo, Butler, Simmons, Griffin, Beal. Hard to argue with any of those. Vucevic. Vucevic, if you don't know... Just watch the Magic games, you know, because that's you might think. I think if you don't really pay attention to the NBA, you hear Vucevic you're like, I can't believe he's an All Star, but he is he is an All Star this season. I'm glad yeah. you went there because yeah. I put Nick Vucevic as one of my seven reserves. He plays for Orlando, and when you look at the hierarchy of the East, I wanted to take a second Raptor, but Kyle Lowry, forty from the floor, thirty from three. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, not just yet. Yeah, I wanted to take a Milwaukee Buck. See, but, you're gonna take a Bledsoe, but Bledsoe, the way he's playing now, is not the way he's been playing all year. I thought it would have been Middleton, but he didn't take that numbers leap. No. For the Boston Celtics, I did take a second player you with did. Kyrie. That's where you messed up. Jason Tatum. That's where you messed up. Right. Was there. my choice. That, I would take yeah. Tatum off, and I would put Bledsoe in. You, you, you said you wanted me to do it. I would take Tatum off. I would put Bledsoe in. I might even put Kyle Lowry in. I might even put Kyle Lowry in. Kyle Lowry is second in assists in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But he's averaging 14 points, shooting 40 from the floor and 30 from three. I understand. You watch the games. It's not all numbers. You watch the games, too. He does so much to help that team win. Serge Ibaka's leap. Siakam's leap. Like, and, and integrating Kawhi Leonard. A lot of that is because of what Kyle Lowry has done, especially early in the season. It's hard because it's impossible to be completely objective. I know you try to get there, but there is a recency bias. There is a recency bias. If this was four weeks ago, Kyle Lowry, you'd be considered to put him in the start. I have zero. But he's cooled off. I have zero bias, and I take... My voting process extremely serious. So much so that these needed to be submitted at 11.59 Eastern last night. I was literally 
working on my ballot at 11.45 because teams were still jockeying for position, positioning in both conferences. Mm-hmm. And so why that I'd matters? Worried, I'd be worried about the tech not going through, some internet connection goes down. Like, I know you're concerned. I was. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got it in on time. But again... So those Molly, are the reasons. Molly, come here, come here. Exactly. And she was asleep because she got to get up in the morning too. So that's why I didn't take two bucks. Didn't take two Raptors. Clearly can't take two Indiana Pacers. No. Sabonis, a reserve. So I felt the team, Boston, Kyrie, Tatum, based on the fact that he is a really good player. What about Horford? Horford. I think Horford isn't having the year that Tatum is having. His injuries mm-hmm. are one of the reasons why the Celtics have been struggling. Now that he's healthy and playing really good basketball, now I think that has helped catapult them along with the fact that they figured if we're going to start Kyrie, and I've talked about this forever, and build around him, his game is isolation. That's what he does. He's done a terrific job of passing and getting people involved. Had eight steals recently. That means we can't start Rozier. That means we can't start Hayward. We got to start Marcus Smart so he can guard his man. That unlocked their backcourt. So now yep. Smart is able to make a couple of threes. He can get Which more he's minutes. he's been doing. Yep. So Zach Lowe said, Jalen. Get low. Get low. I was reading his little also. I think he floated something out that was interesting. Just floated it out there. Vucevic to the Lakers in the trade. Huh. I mean, the Lakers don't, they're, they're, they've got like 16 centers. They've, they've got Mo Wagner, Zubach, Chandler, McGee. Like they're, they're, they've got lots of centers, but that'd be really interesting. Here's what I'm not going to do. Be the national media guy that tries to send all players to no. the big market. No. Oh, that's what I'm going to try. Every time that's what I'm gonna try I hear rumors coming out of media members' mouths, they're trying to get everybody to go to oh, LA or New York. Of course. It don't work like that. It's good for business. No, it's not. The rising tide floats all the boats. It's Bi- good for business. Business was doing really good when LeBron was with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And when he was with the Heat. Tim Duncan didn't have problems raising trophies in San Antonio. Did but Tim Duncan it wasn't, you know, because it also because of his personality. I'm not saying anything about his on court game. I'm Correct. saying because of his personality. Correct. He wasn't selling sneakers and he wasn't, you know, a media mogul and doing the things that some of these other superstars attempt to and, and some of them successfully do. That's barbaric thinking to believe that you have to be in a large market to have sponsorship endorsement success. Look at Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He plays in Oklahoma. Of course. Okay. One of these smaller markets. Okay. The so, smallest market. So that is not true. Giannis. Look at Dame Lillard. Okay. Giannis. Like yeah. they're, look, Anthony Davis. Yo There's bitch. so yeah. many players that are performing that aren't in New York. When the last time you seen a New York Knicks have a superstar or the Nets? Well, the Knicks have had superstars, but they're like, Stephon Marbury at the end of his at the end of his career. Correct. Steve Francis at the end of his Correct. career. So, like a real superstar. KP is the closest thing they've had, and you know he, the jury's still out. So that's a misnomer that I'm here to debunk. What is that? The large market is the best place to cater to a talented player to maximize what they can get accomplished on and off the floor. I will say that large markets will drive television ratings. So if you do, if you do bolster those teams, television ratings will go up. It's just a fact. There's just more people there. How about before the Splash Brothers? 
People weren't watching Golden State Warriors. No. Mark Jackson David took Lee that and, team. And, and Mark Ellis. Jackson <laughs> took that team to the playoffs. And by the way, it's blasphemous that he hasn't gotten another opportunity to coach. But with that being said, built that team through the draft. People weren't caring about them. When they got good, they became the draw. Of course. of course. So they didn't have to be in Los Angeles to become the draw. No. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to agree that large markets raise television ratings. That's what happens. In theory, yes. In practice, yes. But no, I've, but, I've been but, doing this for 20 years. Well, I, I have, I've been doing it for two, 20 years, too. But I, I pay okay. attention to the ratings more than you do. Okay. Here's, here's the difference, though. 80% of the United States functions on Eastern Standard Time. Not true, but go ahead. That is true. That is not true. What what percentage? I'll say 60. No. Okay. Reggie, look it up. I, I think us. it's more. Look it up and tell I think us, it's more. So keep going. Keep going. So based on that dynamic, when I'm up watching the Golden State Warriors playing the Los Angeles Lakers, most of the people that live in that time zone aren't watching. Of course. That's all that is. Of course. It ain't necessarily about the product. It's about the time zone. That's why every time I've always said, like, I don't know why we only promote shows on Eastern Standard Time. Correct. And when you're a production assistant when you're 24, they're like, oh, because the Eastern Standard is basically, that's basically what moves the needle. Like, I'm like, what about all the people in California? They're like, yeah, it's a small, small little blip. Like, really? Just all the cities are just up and down the Eastern part of the, of the country. We're, mo- we're moving to the West though, Jay. Your starters, Curry, Harden, James, Durant, Davis, let me just say something about this. LeBron James missed 30% of the game. LeBron James is the best player in basketball. But Paul George has played himself into a starting spot in the Western Conference All-Star game. I would swap out Paul George for LeBron James. You know I'm the biggest LeBron James fan out there in the world. Just He's injured. Missing games. Paul George finishing games. Hitting four-point plays. On the big stage. You're going to be the one person in the media that takes LeBron James out of the starting lineup to insert Paul George. No, here's what I'm doing. I'm looking at your list, and it's, you know it's not good podcast? Great job, Jalen. You're the best. <laughs> tell me tell me, tell me, me why you came up with this sound rational decision. No, of course, if I'm picking a team, I'm taking LeBron James over any player that's wearing a uniform, okay? It's, it's that simple. But if you take the totality of the season, LeBron James has now missed what, a quarter of the games. LeBron James is starting in this year's All-Star game based on his performance when he's on the court with the Los Angeles Lakers. He's been terrific this year when healthy. He can't control the fact that he got injured on Christmas. The team was playing a lot better. Their record win percentage was a lot higher. His efficiency was there. I have to give him the nod as a starter. Paul George clearly still is going to make the team. Oh, yeah, of course. But LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and another controversial pick up front, Anthony Davis is starting over Jokic because those would be the two. Those he the is two top spots. three in points, what? rebounds, and blocks in the entire NBA. What Anthony Davis does defensively puts him over the top over Jokic. And also, you got to understand, like Jokic, Jokic is, is part of a of a, a rising team. Yeah, you know. Um. 
I would make a case for Jokic over Davis. But again, we're talking about two great players. Like the start well, Jokic is one of them. His team is among the best in the West. That's that's the case. And Anthony Davis' team is out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. And, and Jokic is 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 the main factor in the success of the Nuggets this season. The main factor. Of course, Jamal Murray is playing well, and they're getting healthy again. But with all the injuries that they've had to maintain this winning percentage that they have with Jokic, it's impressive. So let me tell you my process to come up with the reserves. Same thing in the East, just looking in the mirror. You made a mistake with the reserves. The Golden State Warriors deserve three. Draymond was not worthy this year. Nope. Shame what happened to Flip. Nope. I was hoping... Just looking at the standings that another team may deserve more than one player. Then I looked a little bit deeper. I was like, OKC deserves two players. Russ is only averaging a triple-double. Now, his efficiency has been a career low shooting the ball. It's it's terrible. It's not just a career It's a historic low. But OKC... When I filled out the ballot last night, that's why it's important to do it based on rewarding the standings. OKC is amongst the top three in Climbing. the West. Climbing. They're amongst the top three in the West. So that allowed me to give them two players. Another team that got more than one, San Antonio Spurs. See, I disagree there. I disagree there. And let me tell you what ended up happening. When they lost Murray and Walker, people just wrote them off. Mm-hmm. Right? Pop rebuilt from within once he added DeMar. Got quality minutes from Rudy Gay. LaMarcus Aldridge has definitely been balling. Deserves to be an all-star. DeRozan got the final spot, actually, in the West. And let me tell you who I chose him over. So you know my process. I chose him over Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. See, I need Rudy Gobert in there. Let me make a Gobert pitch for you. Okay. 15 and 13. Every single night. And you know that they don't ask him to score. They don't post him up like Joel Embiid. And he's shooting 66% from the floor. And he is a, he's, he's a defensive wizard. He's going to be in the all, all defensive team. He's going to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. He wasn't a defensive wizard when I was holding my ballot last night and saw Coach Bud put Greek Freak at the five. And dribble through their team multiple times and dunk on everybody, nope. including him. Nope. I thought there was no recency bias. I thought there was no recency bias. I thought you were taking the whole season, the totality. Of course. Okay, so you watch him. Of course. You watch him. But you're when like, you're so splitting a hairs. A couple possessions. So, so here's the thing. So now all of a sudden he's not a good defender? So when you put – he's a terrific defender. But what I'm saying is when you add somebody to the team, you got to take somebody off. If you want to add Rudy Gobert, who you want to take off? Aldridge. No. Nope. See, there, that that's Aldridge. where we disagree. Aldridge. And we're live on IG, Jalen versus everybody. Every feel, feel free to chime in. But I've seen LaMarcus Aldridge get 50 this year so far. Mm-hmm. He's been playing really good. And you know what else the Spurs have over the Jazz? Better record. Yeah, that's fair. So who's who's on the outside looking in? You think? Who was on the outside? Who do you think will make in? it? Who do you think will make it that's not on your that's not who do you think will be on the team that's not on your ballot? Luka Doncic. I think so too. Just the hype. Yep. Just yep. the hype. And one thing I've noticed about those games, when they're in close games, like everyone's got Doncic's clutch numbers, they just basically clear out for him, treat him like James Harden. In those close games, they treat him like James Harden. It's like give Luka the ball, everyone just like let him create. Let me tell you why it was a tough choice. 
choosing DeRozan over Luka and Donovan Mitchell. All of their numbers are similar. Yeah. All of their percentages are similar. I gave DeRozan the nod because Luka's team ain't going to the playoffs. No. Not even close. Not even trying to go to the playoffs. No. That's why I gave him the nod. However, there's a consolation prize for Luka and Donovan Mitchell. They're going to be on the team regardless? The rookie sophomore game. Oh, for real? I think Doncic will end up being on the team. Like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> who you think will? Who, you're not the only vote. You're not the commissioner of the league. You don't decide this. This is just your your drop in the bucket when you just kind of look at the way that the media treats the different players and the hype surrounding them. I feel like people will just want to click that button for Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic will be in over DeRozan when the coaches so select reserves. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And the coaches pick all the reserves. You just put in your starting five, or you don't you put in reserves too? For the league, we do two backcourt, three front court, each conference. We're not called the point to submit reserves. Since we get the people what they want. I took the time and energy out of my life to Appreciate do the it. other 14 players. Appreciate it. I think Gobert will get in there. Gobert get in. He'll get in. Doncic Luka will get, get in. in. I think so, too. In the East, I don't think Tatum gets in. Do you think Lowry, Bledsoe? My last couple of choices in the East, on the outside looking in, were Lowry only. To be honest, when I got to 10 in the East, you're, you're that reaching? was the end of the team. You're reaching. Like, to me, the East should have had 10 players. And the West should have had 14. Probably. But I'm looking at Jimmy Butler like, really? You know what I mean? Like, like, I guess. You know, it's just a competition. Is he an all-star in the West? I don't think so. So let me say a couple of things into a microphone that would eventually be rules that are going to be changed by the NBA. putting it on wax. One through 16 seeding will eventually happen. happen. That's going to happen. That's a done deal. The other thing that's going to happen is for these all-star votes and players and Putting people in the game and not putting people in the game or whatever. Conferences should not matter. Okay, so much like 1 through 16 seeding. It should be 1 through 24. The best 24 players. It should be the best 24. Therefore, if there's 8 players from the East and 14 players from the West, that's what it kind of should have been this year. When I was doing my ballot, once I got to like 9, 10 in the East – and I start weighing what was happening in the West. I'm like, the West deserve 13 to 14 All Stars. So if there's yeah. no conference based playoff system, and there's no conference based All Star, are we just going to just be one big league of 32 teams? In theory, that's what it is. It's just 30 teams. My bad. Here's what happens: when divisions were created. And when the league was formed, clearly travel and medicine yeah, and exposure was different. We all know why. Yeah. So, like, you wanted to make the players more efficient going from place to place. Of course. And so now you create a division. But when you ask fans who won the, the Pacific Division last year, they'll know the Warriors won it. But ask them who won another division. It, it, it they won't know. Sense. And also, when I look at the standings in the newspaper and they're breaking up by division, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, why? Why? Can't we just put this in conference? There are teams that don't hang division banners for this exact same reason. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Does winning the division matter? Yes. Does winning the conference matter? Of course. There's still ways to reward them if that's what you would like to do. But as it relates to a playoff format, I want to see the best 16 teams. As it relates to an all-star run, I want to see the so best 24 that, players. There is no yeah. point in divisions or anything. It should just be like the like the premiership. It should just be like, a, here's our teams. There's 30 teams here. That's the league. We don't have to break it down and make it into little bite-sized chunks. We'll see what happens. So there you have it. Uh, make sure you hit us up. Tell Jalen how he's wrong. <laughs> Shout out. So you know I'm not fancy. But every once in a while, because I'm my wife's plus one, I have to go to a fancy event. And here's the thing. I'm talking about formal events, black tie events. You know, I don't have that kind of stuff in my closet. I'm not going to spend like, some of these tuxes are like $2,000, $400, $300. I don't have that much money just to spend on one outfit that no one's going to look at for one night. That's why they have blacktux.com. Blacktux.com has awesome suits and tuxedos in all kinds of styles, and you rent them online. Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly too expensive for you to buy. And you might only wear it once. But with Black Tux, you can do you and blow it out for a big one-time event. And sometimes, you know, I don't like to take a lot of fashion chances, but if I'm just renting it, maybe I'll get freaky. Maybe I'll dress like Jalen one day. You know, maybe I'll, I'll show up with the, the velvet leather the, the red velvet, velvet leather's not a real thing. Those are two different things. And here's the thing. Your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. So if you can try it on, you can make sure you like it. And if it doesn't fit perfect, if it doesn't look perfect, Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. This is a foolproof plan. If you want to go to a big fancy event and you don't want to spend too much money on your outfit, Go to blacktux.com, and it gets better. You get $20 off your first purchase if you use the code Jacoby, J-A-C-O-B-Y. $20 off your first purchase from Black Tux. Premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered to you. You don't have to buy them. You just rent them. This is a brilliant thing. I, 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 I can't wait till I'm on my wife's plus one again so I can use Black Tux. Now we get to talk about these football games. What a Sunday. What a Sunday. And now we've got a little time because we're doing this on Tuesday. So we've got a little time, a little separation. We can... We're not just going to knee-jerk react to everything. Too much is being made of this pass interference call. Too much is being made of this pass interference call. There are so many other things that affected the outcome of that game. Was it a pass interference call? Yes. Too much is being made of it. I'm tired of hearing about this pass interference call in the NFC Championship game. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mikhail Robbie Collin, helmet to helmet, didn't turn his head, got there early, and all of that. He even said after the game, that was pass interference. That was P.I. However, when I watched it live, live, for the very first time, just like the referee did, you know, it kind of got there at the same time as the ball. What? Are you finished? Yeah. You need glasses? No. I'm going to get you some. I don't need glasses. Need contact? I have perfect vision. Perfect vision. Do you have any binoculars? You're the one that needs glasses. You need glasses. I can't front. You need glasses. You can't yo. read your phone anymore. I, you, I can tell you how many times whenever I hand the phone to Jalen, like, yo, check, check out this email, or check out this thing, check out this tweet. You got you got separated from your, your head. Yo, anybody that's in their 40s, please tell me if I'm tripping. But like a year ago, I felt like I had 2020 and I bragged on there's, doing there's it. No chance you got 2020 now. I bragged on it, right? You're just, you're just, you're just not going to the eye doctor because you know it's going to happen like when you get se- there. Like seven months ago, 
I picked up the cable box to try to get the ID number off the bottom. <laughs> you on the like, phone with customer service? I'm like, I can't see this. <laughs> like, I just saw this last year. <laughs> it's happening. I'm like, I can't I see this. I know you need glasses because whenever I hand you my phone, like you have to, you have to separate from you. You have to move Man. your head back. You, you know, you can't. I'm see. in the market trying to look at yep, the contents the and menu. stuff. I'm, I'm like, like it's, it's changed the last few years. I'm for you. like, yo, my vision is really leaving me. It's it crazy. is. It is. Yours is too. It's not. Here's why. A no, couple of things. I think it was pass interference. They missed a call. I'm not trying to say they missed a call. I'm just tired of hearing about it. So let me give this expert football analysis that I have not heard given by anyone. There's facts on facts on facts. For those that don't know, basketball is my heart. It's my love. It's my heartbeat. I kind of like football more. So, as somebody that was born on January 30th, where the Super Bowl party used to always be alongside my birthday party. And I used to always feel like when they went to the market and they got the cold cuts and the cheese and all of that, it was really for for me. That was for you. But it was really for the Super Bowl party. Of course. Of course. Okay. So, as a fan and a spectator, and somebody that actually, you ready for this? Played middle school football. On the line. When you draw up that play and you're Sean Payton, you know that that defender's going to be trailing. So, therefore, when we make this throw, even if he doesn't catch it, he's going to be chasing and get P.I. That's how that route is set up. Okay, Mr. It's Rose. almost like when James Harden drives to the basket to create contact. That's number one. So number two, when he does get that contact, it is pass interference. You got to call it. Number three, it's also helmet to helmet contact. And you know what happens in the NFL game when that takes place. They throw a flag. Mm-hmm. But two officials to have two fouls happen in front of them and neither one of them throw the flag, that's a disservice to the game. I agree. I agree with all that. I agree with all that. But I just think there's too much focus on that one particular snap. Like two plays earlier, Drew Brees threw it at dude's ankles on first down. Just run the ball. Just run the ball. You got the ball on the 15 with a minute. It's after the two-minute warning. You got the ball on the 15-yard line. All you have to do is run the ball three times and kick a field goal. It's just sound logic. I understand what you're trying to do, being aggressive. They're expecting a run, so we're going to throw a pass and pick play thing. I get it. But Drew Brees, that was a bad throw. It was. That was a bad throw. He's had a couple of bad throws in this game. Big shout to Indomic and Sue, my family, because I've seen him overcome a lot. He showed up. And he's a guy that's a perfect example of somebody that was dominant coming out of college, was the man with the Lions, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden... Disappeared on the Dolphins. You put him, you stand the man next to the man in Aaron Donald, and you put him on a stage that he's not been on before... He performs up to his potential. Oh, especially in the previous week with that. And he had that big play when he grabbed Ingram and threw him backwards for five yards. Ingram should have just gone down. We got forward progress. But he tried to run some more. That's a big play. And I got to say something else. And I'm surprised nobody's calling them on this. Why are people trying to act like it was a part of the game plan to only give Todd Gurley the ball five times? We got to talk about We got to talk about Todd Gurley. He clearly... Is having an issue with his knee. He did, but he, so the previous, the previous week though, against the Cowboys, he carried it 16 times for like 115 yards. 
So he did sit out the two games prior at the end of the season, okay, because of inflammation in his knee. Then he went from 115 and 16 carries. Correct. And clearly during that football game, his knee started to bother him, or which is why please. as an athlete, they had him on the sideline riding a bike. See, I think, and they make it sound like, oh, he dropped a pass. He was the reason for the interception. That's not it. He's hurt, but they're putting him out there a little bit. So you still have to game plan for Todd Gurley. He does get two weeks off. So we may see the real Todd Gurley, but to see CJ Anderson doing what he's doing, that wasn't a choice. That wasn't a strategic <laughs> choice on the part of like, Tom McVay. Oh, CJ was yeah. running so well. Yeah, that we like he had. 300 yeah, yards like, rushing. Now, the whole time I'm going, he's injured, he's injured, he's injured. Everyone's like, no, he's not. He's, no, he's not. He dropped that pass and he missed a couple, he was missing a couple, uh, blitz pickups or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. He's Todd Gurley. He's an MVP candidate. You put him in the game. I don't care how many passes he drops. You put him in the game. And you ready for this? Let me speak some words that I've never spoken. Jared Goff outplayed Drew Brees. Oh yeah. Drew Brees did not have a great game. Cause I watched no. the game, then I rewatched like the YouTube melt just to like make sure I had my head wrapped around what I saw. Drew Brees missed some throws in the fourth quarter. Golf was money, uh-huh. and you know what? It had me sit back and acknowledge as we get into the next game. Eventually, it's the new upstart in Sean McVay who has become the. It coach yep. that everybody's trying to hire. Deservedly so. Somebody in his mode. Young quarterback on rookie deal that you can build out your roster, mm-hmm. which they did by With adding everybody. Peters. They added like seven players. Adding Akib Tlaib. Sue. Adding Sue. I've said this forever as a team, Detroit Lions, that did this. No squad has ever won the Super Bowl when their quarterback makes 15% or more of the salary cap. Nope. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Joe Flacco, and it's a couple of more. You know what all those guys have in common? Not in the playoffs. None of them played in the playoffs. Tom Brady's close. He restructured his deal, but he's not making as much as all those other guys. And the secret behind the Patriots dynasty Beyond the unusual, unique greatness of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is... You ready for this? Because Tom Brady takes a limited salary and lives in a household where his wife makes the kind of money that she makes, they can now build out the rest of their roster, Mm -hmm. unlike any other team that has an elite quarterback. But they don't build the roster with superstars. Russell Wilson... Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, they all won the Super Bowl as young players because the roster was built out. The salary was allotted. This is what allows them to draft the Sony Michelle, still have James White, but oh, we got money for Burkhead? Cool. Yeah. And we got, and, and James White was so, let's just, let's, let's finish the M- NFC game first. Cause I want to say this. The Rams won the game with the fake punt in the first half. That, to me, when I was watching that game, it was 13 and nothing. The Rams, like, people are talking about Jared Goff in the fourth quarter. We're sitting here praising Jared Goff, saying he was better than Drew Brees. They weren't good to start the game. You know, they were going three and outs and, and picks that, that pick off a girly. But that fake punt was everything. It was, it was on their own 30-yard line. It, was, it wasn't like, we need two yards and we're going to do a little run. Like, that was a straight-up hitch route, an 11-yard hitch. And the, and the puncher put it right on them. That was a great And play. it surprised them by who they threw it to. Yep. Because the it wasn't. Gunner. 
It, exactly. It wasn't like it's somebody that CJ Anderson out of the backfield or whatever they normally well, do. What, direct what, snap. What, what, wasn't a wide receiver. Yeah. The D back. It was a gunner. Yeah. Like, and also, like, if you're, if you're covering him, you are not worried about if he's going to turn around and, and run a, a pass route. You're worried about pushing him, keeping away from the, it's just not where your head's at. It was a great play call. I, I told my boy we were watching the game. I was like, I bet they had that in week six. And then it's just like, we're, we're going to save we're gonna that. Need, we're going to like, at some point. Well, well here's what happens. Save this. Here's what happens. When you start to learn the personalities of your players, you go, you dig into their history. You'd be like, Oh, you play wide receiver in high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always hear about that, like the, the guy played quarterback in high school. Yeah, got it. Let me see you run. Oh, yeah, okay, oh, okay, okay. That looks pretty good. That was to me. That was what won in the game. Like everyone's pointing to the pass interference call, but like that, you remember? I was watching the game. Be like, are we going to see a blowout? Is this about to be a blowout? We were headed that direction. The Saints were about to get the ball back. They'd scored three possessions already. They're going to score again. But again, here's a narrative that's getting lost. It will be the. Geniuses that we've seen do it, genius Belichick, Goat Brady, new Einstein and McVay. The thing that's missing is as the public and as media, we ain't put Jared Goff not in there sold yet. on Goff. Especially that first year was terrible, Jeff Fisher, whatever. Last year was great, but we give a lot of the credit to the players that are around him more than him. And it just seems like it's one of those things. Where like we're just not like we're, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes like he's gonna be like they might as well just switch the logo into his face like like they did Jerry West. That's the way we talk about Patrick Mahomes. No one talks about Jared Goff like that. We even talk about Carson Wentz. People talk about Wentz now because he's been injured. But remember that first year of Wentz? Like people talk about him and he's the future of the NFL. But no one really says that about Jared Goff because his first introduction to the public wasn't flattering. It really wasn't. Like Josh Allen might be the best quarterback we've ever seen, but he wasn't last year. And so now when you talk about young upstart quarterbacks, there were five taken in this year's draft. People start naming people. They don't mention Jared Goff. No, they don't. He can change that really fast by the way he played in the championship game. And if he plays really well in the Super Bowl. They won the NFC Championship game without Todd Gurley. They won without Todd Gurley. Who people say is the best running back in the game? Whether you know, there's probably a handful: Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, whatever. But like, they didn't have Todd Gurley, and they won that game. Talking about the AFC game, what a, what a Sunday! What a Sunday! Like it was like nine, it was like ten o'clock at night by the time the AFC Championship game. You just couldn't look away from it. One thing I want to ask you to go through the game chronologically is: is the Chiefs started bad? Like, they, they, they ran 16 plays in the first half. They couldn't get anything going. Andy Reid, offensive genius, couldn't get anything going. Do you think that's a that's out coaching? Here's what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. People pay attention, and rightfully so, to the outcome as it related to losing the coin flip. Patriots get ball, march downfield, score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know what people forget? The Kansas City Chiefs win flip instead of putting their young MVP quarterback on the field with his explosive weapons like Williams and Hill to energize this crowd. We thought it was going to be snowing. It's not really snowing. Y'all defer and get a ball to Tom Brady. And guess what they do? Milk the clock. Yeah. Allow them to only run 16 what, plays in the first half. The Patriots did that no one's talking about. Everyone's talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They ran the ball. 
Sony Michelle, every third down, James White. You need two? James White. You need four? James White. They ran the ball. Like, they were very effective of running on the Chiefs defense, which is something that no one's talking about. It's almost like playing against a team that wants to run up and down the court and then you purposely slow it down and walk it up. Yes. That's what the Patriots did, but the Kansas City Chiefs allowed them to do it by deferring. Imagine if they would have put their best unit on the field. It's not the defense. Which is their offense first. And they would have marched down and got a it's touchdown. Like there's still 15 minutes on the clock in the first quarter. The Chiefs have already made a, a, a mistake that they're going to regret. Correct. Yeah. They're going to regret. I mean, I th- one thing that really stuck out to me is just the way they were running the ball. I mean, especially all those third downs. It was just like, oh, they'll probably give it to James White. Like, there you go. Well, the other thing that stood out to me is in overtime, they had multiple third downs and they converted them. Yep. So for everybody out there crying about the rule, the rules, coin toss, yeah, yeah. let me tell you a couple of distinctions that the NFL already gave to you whiners. Number one, they gave us overtime. Yep. They played 60 minutes, the playoffs, and it's not win. a tie. Someone's got to win. So we're going to give you a winner. Someone's and win you know playoffs. what else we're going to do? We're going to make sure each team gets the ball if... You can stop them or hold them to a field goal. Yeah. You just got to not let them get 75 if yards. If you let them get a touchdown, Don't let them get you deserve yards. to lose. You let, them, you let them move 75 yards on you. Yeah. 75 yards. And you know what else? Andy Reid, who I love. You know I always talk about the top coaches in the game, and he's in that conversation. That last drive, the Kansas City Chiefs never call timeout. You mean to tell me you can't bring those guys to the sideline and say, hey, I know that they're in the red zone now. They're on the 19. I need y'all to keep them out of the end zone so I can give number 15 a and chance. here's what you don't need to do. Save the timeouts for the end of overtime. It's very rare. We saw it a few times this regular season, but in a playoff game with those two offenses, it's not going to come down to a one-minute drill where you need all three timeouts. They got the three of the third and tens on the final drive. They took the game. The first drive and the final drive represent why the Patriots won the game, mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. How KC was outcoached based on what I just said, and how the veteran was allowed to lean on the youngster in order to get it done when the youngster clearly seems to be more talented. The Patriots this year, when you talk about explosive plays, and big-time performers didn't have a thousand-yard receiver. Didn't even have a thousand-yard rusher. Even close. He did. <laughs> when they, you remember in the fourth quarter when the the ball came down? The Chiefs had the ball in like the three. There's about two minutes left. I was like, they're about to let them score. They're about to let them score because they should probably just take a knee. Like it's the end of the game. Like they're about to let them score, and they did that. And I think I think they strategically let them score. Do you agree? They did. Now, there were some controversial calls. Oh, the roughing the passer call? In both call. games. You know I'm a die easy Patriots fan. That 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 roughing the passer call, that's Chris a, Jones, that was ridiculous. That's a terrible call. He tapped him on the shoulder like he was trying to say hello. He and, tapped him on the shoulder. And D4, you can't line up in a neutral zone. You did it. But it's but it's also it's kinda like it's kinda like a lane violation in, in basketball. Like in that, if I'm the ref, and it's easy for me to say, if I'm the ref in that situation, I might not call it. In or, that situation, I might I might let him roll and then go over to him later and be like, "Look, man, you're in the neutral zone." No, because as an official, you get in trouble there, like with the lane violation. I love your example, but here's a modification to it. 
when lane violations happen and or when you're standing on the lane line, what does an official normally do to you when you're on the court? They'll tell you. Yeah. You got to stay back. You got to, you're going in early. Get back. Fourth quarter with 10 seconds to go. They're handling that a lot different than the first quarter, 10 seconds into the game. So Andy Reid even came out and said that usually the official will let the player know yeah. so that they will move back. That didn't happen, but you still have to blame it on the player. And as a wide receiver, if you line up wrong, you kind of look at the ref, and the ref can kind of move you back. You're like, hey, am I good? And the ref will tell you if you're good. It could be like kind of something similar on the defensive side of the ball. But like all things being said, I don't want to talk about the referees. That's and, how I started this whole thing. Like the referees didn't win or lose to either game. They and, really didn't. And 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 uh, maybe the, it's the Saints have, a, have a, having an argument. The Saints lost because of officiating. Yeah. Like officiating. It's easy to say because especially with, it's, that didn't happen in the third quarter. If that if that flag goes up in the air, it's it's pretty much impossible without a turnover for the Rams to win the game. I have a name for this year's Super Bowl. I have a moniker that I'm going to build up. Around this year's Super Bowl. Stop trying for Zion. I'm calling it. And we're putting it on wax. Spy Gate Revisited. Why is that? Spy Gate Revisited is what I'm calling this year's Super Bowl. You know why? Why? Because I did a lot of work with NFL Network. Mm-hmm. And I love and watch a lot of football. And a friend of mine named Marshall Falk. Shout out. Specifically told me. From somebody that played for the greatest show on turf, that when they lined up in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots, they ran a play for the first time. And the Patriots knew it was coming. And the Patriots knew what it was because they were recording their practices. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because it's not that they didn't do it, it's that we don't want to get the phrasing wrong. So that's like a taboo thing. But here's what I do know. They got punished for something. Yep. So this Super Bowl, the first one that Tom Brady won was against the Rams. Yep. Full circle. Spygate revisited. So we're running out of time, but we got to hit some NBA news. Quick hit. You ready, Jalen Rose? Let's get it. Carmelo Anthony and Cash and Cash traded to the Bulls, basically to free open a roster spot for Kenneth Fareed. Before we get to Anthony, what is Fareed? How is he going to help the Rockets? Fareed is going to give them energy. Somebody that can get out and run with the Houston Rockets, a team that likes to change into the floor fast. And something that he's going to be able to do, run, jump, dunk, catch lobs. Yeah, and That's it, why it, he's there. You look at Nene's minutes and you swap out those with Fareed. What it looks like, especially with, with uh, Capella injured. You Just don't know faster. how long he's going to be gone. More athletic. Smaller. He's going to be a positive contributor, except he's shorter and not as physically imposing as Nene. Few are. No. Few are. Now for Carmelo Anthony, he's a free agent. Rumors say Lakers. Lakers don't have a roster spot for him. They don't really have a player on their team that they could just drop either. No. The Lakers shouldn't add Carmelo Anthony. Where do you think he ends up? That's not a that that right there. The, the moment that you take any of those young players out of the game and insert Carmelo Anthony, you're going to have the other players in the locker room feeling like that's a LeBron James thing, not a Los Angeles Lakers thing. That's going to go just like it went in Cleveland. Not good when he added Dwayne Wade. No. That mm-hmm. does not go good. No. When, when your best friend 
is in his prime, like in Miami, then y'all can do that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. can do that. But when Kyle Kuzma has to go to the sideline and they putting in Carmelo Anthony. You get slower. You get worse on defense. You don't necessarily get better on offense. Nothing good happens. That's not a recipe for success. Nope. So I'm glad that he is a free man. Free mellow. Hashtag free mellow. Shout out. There are some teams that can use his scoring. I'm going to throw a squad out there for you. Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Western Conference. Oof. Jazz. Now, the reason why Melo got in this spot, and the reason what I mean is, released by the Houston Rockets, didn't work with oh, two. Oh, no. It went Thunder, Hawks, Rockets. Well, the reason why he got into this situation is that a lot of people were shown by him that he didn't want to take a reduced role. No. Mm-hmm. So when you're the dude on the Knicks and they're a lottery team, made the playoffs once or twice, that's fine. But when you go to OKC and you got two all-stars, as a vet, you got to modify your role and you got to make it work. You can't be at the press conference like, me come off the bench? Me? (laughs) Kikian. And then go out and have career lows and all of the major stats. That's what makes OKC not want you anymore. Where do you see Melo going? So now you go to Houston. They also have a good friend of yours in CP Mm -hmm. and the reigning MVP. Two more All-Stars. So when that does not work, other teams like, we all. We're good. Right? But I'll give you somebody that can make it work for Carmelo. San Antonio. Oh! Come on to the Coach Pop's wing. You're going to take LaMarcus Aldridge minutes? (laughs) No. You're not taking LaMarcus Aldridge. You're not taking none of their minutes. You're giving him minutes because I challenge you to acknowledge who's getting minutes for the Spurs up front. Bertans can make the three, mm-hmm. is a knockdown shooter. Rudy Gay has been a, done a good job of slashing and finishing. They have Aldridge up front. They're still playing minutes, paying minutes. They're still playing minutes with Paul Gasol, who's clearly a shell of himself. There's some minutes in San Antonio for a playoff team for Carmelo Anthony and a guy in pop that soon as he goes to the microphone, he dispels all negativity that I just said about Melo and gives him a fresh slate. Who takes the most mid-range shots in the NBA? LaMarcus Aldridge. No, what team? San Antonio Spurs. What is Carmelo Anthony's strength as a basketball player? You're listening to me now. Mid-range shots. I just saw that light bulb come on in your head. You like that. DeMar DeRozan. With DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge, and Carmelo Anthony, they're like, all right, y'all guys can have the threes. You can have all the threes you want. We're going to be shooting uncontested 15-foot jumpers. That's what we're going to be doing. That's interesting. I'll add your So that means that he would have been on the Thunder, the Hawks, the Rockets, the Bulls, and the Spurs all within a calendar year. That's five teams in a calendar year. People like to joke about things like that, but let me tell you one thing about all NBA teams. Their money's green. Sure, he's getting paid twenty five million from the Hawks and not do anything. <laughs> okay, he's fine. Their, their money, sign green. for the minimum, no problem. There's money. Their yeah, money. If, if I could sign for less, I would. If I could sign for less, I would. Thank you very much, Hawks. Very quickly, we have a tweet from Ridley, Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. I believe he's in Atlanta. He said, "Man, they got me last night in Buckhead. Car stolen. No such thing as a safe part of town. So be careful. Grateful there was no violence. They got me at the gas station and rode out. Any help getting my car back?" 
would be 100. Jalen Rose, you don't have a similar story from Atlanta, do you? I do. There was a time in Atlanta when I was out and about with some friends and family. We walk outside of the establishment at like 2 in the morning. I see a gentleman sitting in the vehicle that I arrived in (laughs) at a traffic light. (laughs) So I'm thinking, okay, there's the car. (laughs) I'm not driving it. It's only a material thing, so I'm not tripping off of it. I done had a few beverages, so I'm not driving. But that's That's my car. (laughs) This is before Uber. Like, you know. So I just walk across the parking lot. And I'm I'm looking at the light. The light don't change. I literally walk up to the car door, which was dumb. Yeah. The gentleman could gentleman could have easily did something to cause me physical harm. Yeah. He looks me eye to eye, recognizes me. I'm like, yo, what's going on, fam? Like <laughs> it's my car. trying to get to the crib. He gets out of the car and G versus G, gang, gang as they like to call it. When he got out of the vehicle, I didn't say, hey, everybody, that guy tried to steal the vehicle. I let him ease back into the crowd and do whatever he was going to do, possibly illegal that night. We retrieved the vehicle, went to the crib. I love that story. Yeah. We got time for a couple voicemails. If you hit us up, 985-80-Jalen, you can leave us a voicemail. And we'll put it on the show just like this. What up, Jalen and Jacoby? This is Andre and Monica. We're from Oklahoma. Uh, I want to say shout-out to Reg. Please put us on the podcast. We got some good stuff shout to out. say. I want to hear what Jacoby has to say about, about some of our experience. All right, so my wife is a corporate lady, and she can tell you a little bit about how she he- deals with uh, situations that happen at work strongly worded email or a firmly voiced phone call. Firmly voiced phone call coming from the power couple right here. And so we just got out of the hospital. Uh, first of all, I want to say, everybody, I'm glad we're here to listen to the podcast today. Uh, I'm a faithful listener for a long time. She just beat breast cancer. And so I want to encourage everybody out there, too. Uh, we'll be praying for y'all, praying for a cure. But be strong. You can do it. She just did it. She's coming out looking beautiful with no hair. But she's looking beautiful, and I love it. And so we're leaving the hospital now, and we had to think of you guys because we had to get firm with some people in the hospital. And so we're all about strongly worded emails. We're all about the voicemails where you got to use the stern voice and let them know you mean business. I'm sure you all have done that as well. That works. I've seen my wife do it on the smallest thing up to the biggest thing. So, uh Again, put us on. Hey, we just want to show some love to the show. Love you guys. And Jacoby, get back in the club, man. Minivan Mafia. All right, y'all. I wish they know medicinal, but she's just not coming off of the anesthesia. All right, guys. Bye. Big shout out to Andre and Monica, especially Monica and her battle with cancer. It's affected everybody in some way or another in some form. I'm going to address the question, strongly worded email or strongly worded voicemail. Always strongly worded email. You get, you get, you get the paper trail. I, I, I prefer to communicate in conversations, but when it comes to important issues, you want the paper trail there. You want, it can't be he said, she said, oh, they said that they were going to do this. 
And then they say, no, I didn't. But in the email, you got the paper trail. You can always go back to it. Secondly, getting firmer people in the hospital is something that's got to happen. The hospital, it's, it's, it's intense in there sometimes, especially with cancer battles. Yeah. They, sometimes you feel like they're telling you what you need to do, and they're making the decisions for you. It's difficult. Follow your heart. It's hard in there. And I really, really appreciate the power couples that call in. Shout out to Andre and Monica. Jenna Rose voicemail or email. 1,000% email. For the reasons Jacoby just said, you put it on wax. And also, a level of comprehension. What a lot of people don't do, and I do this like when I'm in, in the steam, for example. One of the things I like to do is meditate or pray or think or, you know, just, you know, use that as a creative space. But what I like to do is actually say it out loud. Okay. Just to get that level of comprehension that happens different when you read something and you're able to take it in versus when you hear something. Mm -hmm. So it goes a lot further and as you acknowledge, create a paper trail. Create a paper trail. I want to thank Andre and Monica, the powerful couple, for calling in. I want to thank Jalen Rose for taking the time. Even though we're not on TV, we don't have to be here. We want to be here for you, our podcast listeners. Shout You're out. our favorite. We're going to be off until next week. Australian Open is on ESPN2. We'll be back strong on Monday. Why is that, KRS? We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Hey, my little guys. I love them.